0: What it is
1: to be Oklahoma, Welcome to Through the Keyhole and OU Fan Podcast. Uh, I am one of the co hosts, Peyton Guthrie, joined as always, and this time I mean it when I say as always, uh, by Matt and Alan, uh, the fearless co hosts who are always here supporting us all the time. Join the Patreon, check out Vanessa House. Matt, how you doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm doing well man i am doing well um yeah i will be uh this is birthday week my birthday's on saturday so what and, yeah the big 30 big oh, 30 wow. uh, on the on the 25th um and i believe i'm gonna i'm gonna make a pit stop you know going going around the town and i'm making a pit stop at vanessa house How you, could can you, bet your, you can bet your bottom dollar that i will be there uh, at vanessa house they're good friends drinking a nice destination wedding and uh and having a good having a good time man so yeah looking forward to that um yeah. this is i think i today uh my girlfriend and i were both off all day and uh i got my like second or third i think third pedicure ever uh today uh, the pedicures man i'm big fan big fan oh
1: big fan did you get the wax on your feet
0: yeah yeah wax that's the feet. good stuff i didn't get didn't get nail polish or anything like that but uh you know it's, it's okay next time you just got a clear coat yeah the clear coat yeah. but yeah. uh but yeah man so yeah busy uh busy week fun week ahead should be
1: Man, the big three oh, what is that what's your sign what does that make your sign
0: i'm a pisces
1: oh i'm a pisces oh man we're both so Look moody
0: that's not we good. are moody no? yeah i like i actually <laughs> just tell my girlfriend i'm like we just run on vibes That's it. We just we just run on vibes. That's our that's our currency, basically. It's just vibes.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. And then, Alan, uh, you and I have seen 30 a long time
2: ago. Mm -hmm. How many pedicures have you had in your life? (laughs) You know what? Uh, Zero. Uh, I've I've definitely thought about it at times, but uh, it, it looks it looks nice, but not the kind of thing that really shows up on my radar that often. So, yeah, zero, zero pedicures.
1: You're missing out. I mean, it's not quite Dumb and Dumber, but it, it sure. is. It does get to that level sometimes. They they take care of you. Um, <laughs> they they take yeah. care of you. Uh, so, guys, uh, listeners, Patreons, everyone who's here's a free, you know free show uh, this week on uh, on our Spotify and Apple. Make sure you uh, like and uh, subscribe and 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 rate us. Uh, leave reviews if you would. That'd be grateful for us. Uh, a very conversational, uh, uh, heavy show. We've got a couple of topics I think we can go in depth on. Uh, and just kind of bat around this stuff, just three good friends sitting around the campfire talking about the the woes of college football. Uh, but the first one that really came up on my mind, and um, Matt, I'm, I'm actually going to bring this up to you first, is uh, Brent Venables offering so much open access uh, to media, uh, just starting off the bat. I mean, you've got freshmen coming in, early enrollees coming in, getting a chance to talk. You have transfers getting a transfer talk. You know, under Lincoln Riley, it was a rule of no freshmen. Under Bob Stoops, I believe the rule was you couldn't talk until they saw the field. Uh, but Brent saying, hey, they're on the team, they can talk. It, what is that like from, from a media's perspective? I mean, to be able to talk to these people immediately, because they're new blood, they're new ideas, they're new people you've never talked to before, uh, potentially you know, producing radio segments around. What's that like on the on that you know small town not small town college town you know media apparatus to be able to have that sort of access
0: yeah i i think it's really cool i mean i think the optics of it are really good too because um of the previous regime you know right i mean like just just basically comparing those two i mean the previous regime was just so shut off from every, any like media access or anything and i think the optics are good too because you're coming off the 6 and 7 season if you were to just button everything up and be like, hey, no, we're going to cut back media access, actually, then that's whenever you, I mean, people start to talk a little bit more and be like, uh, you went six and seven. I, We have some questions. You know, we have some questions about how you're going to uh, fix that and not go six and seven again. And um, but no, I, I think it was really cool, honestly. So that um, not only that, just to get you don't really you're we're not really used to seeing a guy like Jackson Arnold come in and be able to talk right away. A guy like PJ Bart, Peyton Bowen, all those guys. we're not used to seeing them talk uh, right away. It's like you know for most freshmen, they don't get a whole lot of playing time. so therefore they don't get seen a whole lot. They don't get to talk like even then I enjoyed um whenever I was I didn't I haven't listened to every single. A player interview or anything but i enjoyed listening to a guy like eric mccarty to like just a, a small town oklahoma kid that's going to play at ou like um which like i mean no like i don't know how how good he's gonna be i know he's coming off a a pretty pretty serious knee injury um out of a senior year of high school but like so that that's a good thing especially for them too for the kids to be that because when's the next time eric mccarty is going to be able to like Hey, you had a great game, Eric, like tell us about, you know, your 10 tackles or whatever. Like that's probably not going to happen for a while, but like, I I don't know. I I just think it, all of it is just, it's really cool. And it's, it's another way or another way that you can kind of get the, the propaganda going, you know, the propaganda machine's always turning (laughs) at OU, especially since Lincoln Riley left the propaganda propaganda machine is, uh, is always turning.
1: I mean, and also in this world and, you know, date, the day and age of uh, NIL, it's somewhat expected. I mean, I don't know if a program should be expected to do this, but in my mind, it, it these, these students, athletes, kids, they have an opportunity to make money off their name. You know, you, you bet Jackson Arnold's going to have some sort of deal set up stuff like that. And he's going to be talking anyway. <laughs> he's going to be talking to these people, uh, at events stuff like that, regardless, you know, due to their outside ventures. So it's almost kind of like it well not it doesn't make sense to say like, well, they can, yeah, just take five steps outside the room and then you can talk to them because it's nil. You know, you're going to do an nil sponsored podcast or scoop or something. It's like, well, that doesn't it, it doesn't kind of jive that way. Um, Alan, knowing that Brent came from you know Bill Snyder, who wasn't really well known for being super open and transparent, uh, and same thing for Bob and stuff. To now see this come through, you know, last year was pretty transparent. They they kept making the YouTube series, even though OU was losing a game after game. They didn't, you know, they didn't shut it down. They kept it going, uh, had a lot of access. H- has this been like surprising to you? Not only just from where Brent was, you know, with the Snyder and all that type of stuff, but also just where college coaches seem to be at in this day and age that some of them seem to be kind of meeting this new era of quote-unquote player empowerment.
2: You know, I never really bought into the idea that, like, players – I've never exactly – I guess I've never really understood why you'd want to wall players off from the media. Um, I mean, sure, you have your very, very rare firestorm, but most of the stuff that players say anymore to me is just – i mean it's very it's it's generally uh very run of the mill i mean they're already coached up and all the different uh clichés and coach speak everything that they can give so i mean you really don't hear that that much in that regard um you know but looking at it i mean i mean, i know for a fact you know that uh lincoln riley's policies regarding allowing players to talk to the media definitely um you know i mean didn't didn't win him any friends in the press corps and while everybody can make it out like you know the, the media is the enemy or what have you um they do have the ability to influence opinion um and you know your your information is ultimately going to be kind of uh funneled through them so you know it never it never helps to antagonize them unnecessarily in my opinion um And so, you know, when it comes you know, if you're not going to let Kalen Williams, you know, talk to the media after he just uh, played such a big part in, um, you know, the big one like Oklahoma had over Texas in 2021, you're, you're doing him a disservice. And, you know, again, what's he really going to say that could be that, that damaging? I just, it just never, that part of it never made sense to me, but uh, you know, you mentioned NIL and this isn't just uh, about, you know, the fact that, chances are they'll have an opportunity to do something, you know, some stuff via other podcasts or what have you uh, for an IL, but it's also an opportunity for them to showcase their own personality, their own talents, whatever it is that uh, makes them unique, you know, and it's that, you know, you just had guys like, uh, you know, the kid who, what was his name the coldest or something like that, you know, just by having that name and that, that uh kind of charisma that he had you know he got that uh deal you know sponsorship deal there for the air conditioning units and no, uh, general uh, booty
0: yeah yeah, yeah booty. exactly
2: yeah it's another one right so just giving them that opportunity i mean allows them to leverage you know what it is that they can can't have to offer uh for potential sponsors
1: i mean it just seems just so uncanny to me that Maybe uncanny is the wrong word. It just seems so odd to me that this is kind of where we are now. Because I, you know, I am so used to the head coach talks, and that's it. I mean, you know, some you know some staffs don't even let the OC and DC talk after certain games and things like that. It's like no, the, the H, you know, the, the the head guy is the head guy. If you're going to say anything, you're saying it to him. If you're going to hear anything, you're hearing it from him. Uh, and now to see this, where um, you know Brent, and maybe this kind of goes in line with Brent saying. Because you can talk to talk you know, also have to walk to walk you can sit there and say we're building this culture we're brilliant together we trust everybody but if you say we trust everyone but we can't have you talking in front of a microphone then what what are you actually doing there or what are you actually saying because your actions aren't aligning with what you're saying uh and there's risk involved in that i mean like you said i mean how often is do, do, do these kids actually say anything now i mean especially now when they all kind of come out like you know jalen hurt robots or it's mm-hmm. <laughs> you know next game i don't talk about that stuff like they've all kind of taking in that bill checking again, you know, Nick Saban nest to them. Um, even though Nick Saban's getting more and more crotchety as he kind of goes on. Um, I don't, I don't know. There's a, there's a, a kind of a strangeness to see kind of that ebb and, and flow of, uh, of stuff kind of going this way, but maybe I'll, I'll bat this back over, over to, to Matt. You talked about how, you know, it's nice to see it. It might be the only chance to get a chance to Eric McCarty for a little while. He's has you know, recovering from ACL surgery, uh, dealing with that, maybe you won't see him. Does this actually even move the needle for you guys at all to have an Eric McCarty, a little snippet that goes on the radio? I mean, it's one thing to say, yeah, we'll give you a mic because maybe that's also something. It's like you, Brent did the risk risk management, you know, risk assessment you know, matrix. It's like, what's what's Eric really going to say if he does, who's actually listening to him? You know I mean? Like he, he's not, you know, if Trace Ford says something, you know, in-state it may get some buzz, but that's about it, you know. Jackson Arnold says something, eh, potentially a little bit more. Uh, but, I mean, how much of these things actually move the needle? Because they haven't even played yet. They haven't even stepped on the field.
0: Right. I, I wasn't really talking about – th- that was just personally. like I yes, personally yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Eric McCarty one. Um, but, no, I, I think a guy like like I mentioned, like Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen, and PG Adabare, those absolutely move the needle. I mean, that's a five-star quarterback. And then what's well, the first time since whatever – whenever you you landed two uh, five-star defensive players in the same class. Like, that's just – that absolutely moves the needle. And, um, yeah, I mean, you heard from Brent, too, which that's always going to move a lot. Trace Ford, I mean, that just doesn't happen, transferring from one in-state school to the other, like Oklahoma State to OU or, or vice versa. That just doesn't happen. So that moves the needle. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think for, like, radio purposes, I would say, like, head coach. Yes, definitely. Always. Um, And then, yeah, Jackson Arnold, the five-star quarterback for sure. And then probably like trace Ford, just to like, for like storyline. And then like if Peyton Bowen, I'm sure he was, I haven't listened to all of Peyton's um, interview yet, but like his story about like the, the way he committed to Oregon, you know, how all that, you know, panned out like that, like that is more stuff I'm looking forward to is like, clips that we can you can just kind of expand on that would be like better for um that would be better to like radio listening and better like radio argumentative sakes you know stuff like that um but i think the other ones would be good for like um like our friend our friend ryan chapman at, at all sooners like you know they get to put all that stuff out there and then I mean, you can come back to it listen to it. It, it that's that'd probably be more like their speed just having the sheer like quantity of all that stuff
1: you you mentioned the the Peyton Bowen thing and that can't be a real story, can it? I mean, it's, uh, yeah. surely that's surely that's like what they agreed they've on.
2: Worked
0: on. Yeah, they've worked on that story.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, but then again, I, I mean, Oregon could always say that it's bunk, right? Like, because <laughs> yeah, you because know, they're the ones that, that allegedly received the facts and uh, you know notified notified them. So, um, if he, man, if he imagine if he did do that like intentionally. You know, I mean, like that would be that I mean, that would be really hanging it out there because, I mean, like (laughs) Oregon, could just be like, oh, well, we'll go ahead and accept this and just say it's a snafu or paperwork snafu or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't know the story. You guys are right that a lot of it doesn't really uh, add up. No, I mean, I mean, again, I don't know the
1: ins and outs of this stuff. And I do work for a government. And uh, I don't have to deal with it, but I do have other friends who work in different you know, paperwork areas. And it's like, yeah, this has to be spelled out exactly right to a T or we do not take it period. And maybe it is that archaic. Maybe it is, but I mean, it's like, we saw you on TV, mail it in. We know it's not PM. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like the evidence is just right there. Um, you know, what if he used military time or something? I mean, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense whatsoever, but Whatever, the good guys got one. The correct OU got one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all. Uh, but I think another cool thing is, is seeing Brent himself be this open and this, I mean, honest. I mean, uh, just being this honest about where he is and where the team is. Uh, that's just not something, again, I'm kind of getting used to. You know, Brent was actually, now that I've gone back and listened to year one Brent in the summer. He keeps talking, man, we're, we got to tear it down to the studs. We got to do all this stuff. But he's so chipper and happy about it. <laughs> you're kind of thinking, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, this just this wouldn't be no big deal. He seems like he's having a good time. Um, and now I'm kind of realized, oh, he's kind of like, um, I don't I don't know if you guys – or as terminally online as I am, but there was this uh, people being mad at this woman on TikTok for saying the uh, the Sisyphus uh, tale of him pushing the the stone up the thing was actually about embettering himself and how he found joy in it. It was a total bit to make people angry. <laughs> good on her for doing it because everyone fell for it. Uh, but it kind of got me thinking. Maybe Brit actually is that. <laughs> like he's like, hell yeah, I'm gonna get punched in the face today. This is great. Uh, but to, to transition to that, man, he kind of laid bare the roster issues that he inherited and that he is still going through two years into this. Um, uh, uh, Alan, you, you just said you said some funky math at me earlier before he started recording, but basically, you know, replacing over half the roster in two years. Football programs don't do that very often unless something major has happened, which obviously it did happen uh, to OU. Alan, are are you just generally, at this point in time, should we stop being surprised that Brent is just willing to be this open book about it? And should we just take him at his word?
2: Well, you know, it is, it is very odd to the idea that you're not necessarily going to be sitting there trying to decode what it is that he's saying, although he does kind of speak in, uh, in parables and whatnot, you know what I mean? But he, uh, he, he isn't really like, uh you know shading the truth or anything he's you know i mean i think that the thing that he's been that has been surprising to me is the way that he's talked about you know i mean he's been fairly open about why these guys are all transferring just basically saying like they they could not find a niche here i think is what he was saying which is you know a fairly nice way of saying that they just weren't going to contribute and he made you know clearly they had some conversations about that um so i mean that part of it to me is it's 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 very refreshing you know uh and i don't know i mean maybe you know in a certain sense like there's that's you know if you want to code if you want to be able to trust a coach to like give it to you straight you know i mean part of that is going to come off in how he speaks when he's speaking publicly to the media right so I mean, it only makes sense that you know if that's what if that's what Venables wants his reputation to be, then the more you know, kind of plain spoken, the more direct he is uh, about different situations within the team, the better, I guess.
1: Matt, I mean, as someone who as you know, as the flagship gets to carry these press conferences and stuff like that, and carrying it through, uh, you know, what what's your take on that? What's your take on like? You know, because part of the talk industry, which I'm, that's what we're doing right now today, uh, is decoding and figuring out and like saying, well, he's kind of meaning this or that. I mean, how does that impact you as a producer trying to think of, okay, he's just kind of telling us how it is. Uh, this is. We we're not having to figure out, we're not being able to pontificate as much. It just is what it is. We're kind of recapping. Uh, it, does that present any struggles for you guys, or is it just a different type of, uh, a different type of show potentially that you're thinking about when you're when you're producing over at the franchise.
0: Yeah, for for Brent it's more it it is like like Alan said it's like it's not as decoding as Lincoln Riley, but is decoding and the fact of like okay, he said the truth in there, but you got to like find where that truth was in this mountain of stuff that he just laid out, basically, like in these five minute answers, like he said, he said something there that was truth. And then the rest was kind of like, you know, these, you know, all, all these, you know, isms basically. And, um, and all these good stories and everything like that. Like, so that's, I think that's more of, of what it is like. Um, for me as a producer, I got to try to find that. Like, I got to try to cut those clips down and find that. Uh, so it's it's a lot of listening and like, you know, cutting that stuff down. But um, I do I do feel like Brent does tell you exactly what, like, for the most part. Like, obviously, he's not going to be like 100% truthful. Uh, but I think he, he, for the most part, does. It's just sandwiched in between a bunch of, I don't want to say fluff. Fluff might not be the right word, but just like... Just a bunch of other stuff. That's that's, that's what <laughs> kind of makes it like uh, tough to decode with with Brent a little bit.
1: Yeah, he he does have um, you know as I said speaks in parables. Not not quite Jimbo level uh, right. of, big, but you got to figure out. It, it's not that he speaks in parables; it's that he speaks in incomplete and then wrong parables. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying to figure out which parable he meant to say uh, to explain the situation he's in. Or the situation he's trying to explain, uh, or he's just saying wild ass shit that I've never heard of before. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously, or, blowing and going is great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that was awesome. But to me, sometimes too, because this this can happen to me, not, like, not only here, but on the radio, like you start talking, and then sometimes it just the wheels keep turning and you don't really know where you're going. And it just, sometimes it, it just keeps, it just keeps on moving. So like, sometimes I think it's, it's that sometimes with Brent too, where he just gets to talking and then like something else pops into his head and something else pops into something else, something else. And he just can't, he can't quite get it to stop.
1: Uh, talking about trying to get things to stop and maybe shortening some of the time frame of things. Uh, There have been some pitches to shorten the game of college football uh, that were imported on by, I cannot remember who originally broke it. I apologize to that person. I think it was Nicole uh, Auerbach, maybe. Or Ross Ellinger, sorry. Good enough for me. Uh, (laughs) uh, We have uh, four rules, not four rules, four four proposals. A couple of them I think actually would work. Uh, One of them being no consecutive timeouts. I think that should be a rule. I thought that was a rule. I thought it was in the NFL at least, uh but maybe it's not.
2: Um uh, It is in the NFL, yeah. NFL. Uh, That's a rule, yeah.
1: That seems like a very easy thing. Um uh, no um uh untimed downs at the end of uh the first and third quarter because naturally the clock would keep going into the next quarter anyway cause it's not a half. Like if, you know, you don't get an untimed down at the end, end of a first or a third quarter on a defensive penalty. Seems smart. Cool. Okay. Uh What's what's the other one that's a little crazier?
2: Well, there I mean there are two. You know, one is just not stopping the clock uh after a first down. Now, I think that would not apply in under 2 minutes in the halves. Correct. So, uh there's that and then the other one, the the really funky one was not stopping the clock after an incomplete pass, which uh, I heard a segment today on Sirius uh, Sirius XM Radio. I believe it was on uh, Jacob Hester and Bobby Carpenter show that they were talking about this, and they said that estimates are that the uh, rule about not stopping the clock after first downs uh, would cut about seven to nine plays on average out of a game. Mm-hmm. The one for not stopping after incompletions. Would be like cutting something. I think fifteen plays out of a game. Um, I to me I, the the one about not stopping after an incompletion would be just seems crazy. But uh, you know, I mean, I, maybe they're they're that they're that uh, you know hung up on trying to shorten games. I don't know. Yeah, that one just seems wild. I mean, if I were a coach, I, I
1: don't know what you do. I mean, unless it's seriously like you have then another ref, which I, I guess they do have that, you know, you throw a bomb down the field. Uh, if I'm a, you, you know, if you don't catch it, I have my right just throw that football off the, you know, it's just out mm-hmm. of the field of play. So another ball is tossed in that type of situation. Cause that just seems like a wild amount of time to have to reset, you know, that, that bring out that already takes amount of time to do all that stuff. I don't think even from like, a TV production wise, which is which is the reason why they're doing this. Even from a TV production wise, it seems like it would be a strange thing of watching these people all scramble around on TV and trying to get reset when incomplete passes are natural talking points for you know your announcers and, and things of that nature uh, to kind of get stuff set up for you know the narrative of the game and the storytelling and all that nature. Uh, running the clock after first downs that does not give me doesn't doesn't I don't know doesn't raise doesn't get up to like a rise to me i'm like ah, yeah you could do it on two minute warnings and stuff um
0: like i mean that, they do that in the nfl cool. already I mean, yeah, they, yeah they already
1: do it yeah exactly they already do yeah. it in the nfl so so it'd just be like it'd be just basically consolidating the, the rule set down you know from one to the nfl you know maybe if they do the offensive lineman thing as well that'd be nice you know <laughs> the one yard to so three yards so let's go ahead and you know just mm. consolidate the rule books across the board uh would be interesting uh but changing the changing passing place basically into running place, like it would allow your spread offenses to not, I mean, it would allow them to run clock in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's potentially, Hey, lebby all of, all of a sudden, Oh, he's probably nine and three. <laughs> 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 just running the clock just slightly. Um, but I think the bigger point of it on Alan, and you mentioned, they do seem dead set into shortening these games. Uh, the average length of the game in 2018 was three hours and 16 minutes and in 2022 it's three hours and 21 minutes so an inflation of five minutes over uh six uh, four years uh it's still a long investment i mean mm-hmm. three plus hours you tell people hey we're going to watch infinity war it's three and a half hours and everyone's like jesus christ <laughs> okay uh it's like i'll do it but not often uh and we're asking people to do it every single weekend multiple times um and maintain interest the entire time from, from, a from a viewer's perspective. Uh, do you even think this is, do you think potentially changing the makeup of college football and potentially professional football, uh, and they're changing, obviously, uh, major league baseball runner on second, all that stuff, pitch count, they're, they're implementing spring training, uh, in the spring ball. Is this even necessary, uh, when I believe sports, as a whole, is something that is a uh, potentially the interest is waning as certain generations age out and newer generations are you know entering into this um, you know that very uh, eighteen to thirty five year old range that marketers are so desperately after. I mean, do you think this 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 tearing around the fabric of sport is even potentially quote unquote worth
2: it? Um. Well, you know it's funny the because to me i look at this and this seems like a roundabout way really of trying to uh demonstrate to the public and you know potentially the courts that uh they're doing everything they can to make the game safer by shortening the games and not exposing them to as many plays uh which is uh you know this is kind of and this is kind of a way to do that tinkering around the edges you know what i mean like cutting if you can cut a game on average down from 77 plays to 70 maybe you know i mean it's at least it's at least something um but yeah, the i mean the the games are long they're not they're clearly not going to do anything about uh about commercials so you know i mean that they could certainly cut a ton of time out uh, by figuring out better ways to, uh, you know, kind of integrate commercials into the broadcasts, you know, those sometimes they do those kinds of like split screen type things, you know, and stuff like that, which it, it would make sense that you could that you could do more of those. But um, I, I mean, I think though that like we we kind of keep taking for granted in my opinion that sports are going to remain as popular as they are right now. I mean, it's true that they, that they break in money at the moment, you know, in terms of uh, programming and, you know, rights fees, all that. But I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think that younger, I think kids are starting to interact with sports a lot differently um, like, and, and not in trivial ways. I mean, you know, there, there are things that are available to them now that make just their interest in even participating in sports uh, you know, you know, it kind of dilutes that or, or, and sports are competing with that all the time. I mean, being a kid now is kind of awesome. If you start to look at all the different things they have available to them, I mean, it's not like it was when even, you know, was, even when Matt was a kid, you know, you, you know, going, And outside, you go outside and shoot hoops or throw the football or whatever, because there really wasn't a whole lot of other stuff to do. Now there's a lot, and so you know that's fundamentally they've got to figure out ways to uh, keep spurring interest in the game for the long term.
1: I think if you if you were to adopt something like the uh, the incomplete pass, no no stoppage of time, then basically you're looking at the game and saying, okay, we're transitioning the game of football to look more like uh, the Premier League, where yeah. it's a running clock. You literally can't look away from the TV because a play is happening or something like that. You know That is a way to force viewer engagement to a certain degree. That said, if there's constant flow of action, you get less time then to find ways to insert your advertising. I mean, Premier League doesn't have commercials because there is no way to break away from the action because the action's constantly happening. That said, then you've got the jerseys that say, you know, like the Oklahoma, you know, fly Emirates, Oklahoma Sooners. And it's like, you know, I would jump off a cliff, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but that's, that's the way you have to kind of like justify, do you want no commercials and having nonstop action and having the gameplay in front of you? If so, then all the players are going to have to be billboards. You know, that's, that's the only way in which that, you know, the quote unquote only way in which that can happen. Um, you know, I, I, I was perusing Twitter and saw someone quote tweet that original tweet about the, the length of games and everything, and they said it turns out that non televised games were only 20 minutes longer than non televised games. Now that seems like a long time, but in my mind, you know, because everyone says, "Oh, we'll cut down the amount of commercials and cut down amount of that," it's like, well, that's not getting rid of everything. You know, there's still okay. a lot. There's still a lot of stuff in the game itself which takes time, and. This is me getting a chance to stand on, on stand on the soapbox just slightly. Um, not every rule ruling has to be scientifically correct. If it looks like he caught it and he's got the ball in his hands, he caught it, let's go on. <laughs> we don't to spend ten minutes, free, you know, legislating this. Go play the keep playing the game. It's going to wash itself out in the end of it, you know. R- regardless on that, uh, Matt. I mean, you produce you produce content for a living. This is what you do. How would you fix quote unquote fix the problem of college football uh when it just comes to the length of the games and uh you know stuff like that
0: i mean i think you make a great point with replays honestly Mm -hmm. i mean the replay they got to figure out something because i mean everything is reviewed and it's they spend you know however many minutes trying to figure out you know if he caught the ball did he did it you know did it hit the ground and did he control it like when it hit the ground or did it move or, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, to me, all, all the, all the replays need to, uh, there needs to be a shot clock on the replays, basically. Um, that, I mean, you talk about, uh, you, you you brought up soccer. I mean, soccer, in, especially in the Premier League, like the upper, upper levels, they have VAR. And basically all it is just to see, like, if someone's onside or not. And Ooh. all it is, they just have like a straight line that they put at the, back defender and if the guy's in front of it he's offside he's offside if he's behind it he's onside and then all right game on like i mean it's just like there there needs to be something um that i mean the replays i think are, are the biggest one and then honestly i think if they fix the replays and then maybe adopt the nfl's like not stopping the clock after uh after first down i feel like that would probably be enough for me to be like okay this is this is fine but, like, yeah, the incomplete pass stuff, I think that that would be just insane. That, to me,
2: just feels like completely changing the nature of football. Right, for, like, no you know football. I mean? Like,
0: like the, the not stopping after first down, the NFL already does that. Like, yeah. at least some league already does that. Like, no football league is keeping the clock running
2: mm. when there's
0: an incomplete pass. No yeah. one does that. Not even the XFL.
1: No, I mean, it would be like a return to the roots of, of football, though, where it's like you got penalized if it was incomplete pass. I mean, they... They, right. they really tried not to let, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the small, um, uh, man, I, I want to say this, I'm going to say it, but I'm wrong. I think it's the Carlisle school who started doing the passing first and they were really all about, you know, they really didn't want native Americans to, to shine, uh, right. <laughs> back then, uh, a lot of rules got put in place once they won a couple of football games in <laughs> which were not the rules beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, uh, things got shooken out in the back end of it. Um, uh, but there is there is something that I, I did see of uh, Bamani Jones on, on uh, what's it, what's it, game theory was talking about just uh, NBA basketball. You know, if you look at it from like very traditional linear um, standards, it's a niche league. It is a potentially a failing league when you compare it to the, the NFL and stuff, which is like outdrawing them, you know, 100 times to one. But if you look at it from a different perspective, uh, the NBA has more social media following than major league baseball and NFL combined. Like that, that mm. is where they are engaging with their audience. Now, you know, uh, people at my, my job are like, we want a trend. We don't know what that means, but we know it's good. You know, <laughs> we like, like who, so how do you truly monetize that and turn that into anything beyond what needs to be done? Like you need on satellite or, you know, traditional cable systems um, that the PAC 12 is dealing with right now. But, is, is that something you think college football, maybe the NCAA at large, I, I, college football is hard to do because it's so decentralized in that way. Um, should, it, should that be a, a bigger push moving forward of saying, yes, the game is almost this different thing, but we're going to need to engage in our audience with these snippets and highlights and TikToks and stuff like that yeah. in order to drive interest to the game uh, consistently.
0: The big thing for me with with the NBA that they they do so well, and this is what I think this is why like Major League Baseball. I, obviously, I don't think it'll ever completely die, but I think it's one of the contributing factors of why it's um, dying is that they they put that thing out where like nothing nothing nobody but the MLB like Twitter can put out yeah. videos of anything, and that's something that the NBA like anything, any like right. 10 second, five second clip of Trey young crossing somebody over and hitting a three. That's on every single like NBA <laughs> website. It's on the Hawks, Twitter, it's on NBA Twitter. It's on every, every single, you know, thing like worldwide, Rob Perez, like all these, uh, Josiah, uh, King Josiah, whatever uh, Josiah Johnson, all these guys are all tweeting out all this stuff. I think that's what the NBA does such a good job of. Is, is basically like, um, like you guys know the uh, the thing with the with the Simpsons, right? The Simpsons didn't license or like didn't license their stuff because, uh, like you know, where they're selling the merch, right? Like Simpsons mm-hmm. merch. You see Simpsons merch all the time, and they didn't cease and desist people or anything like that because they were like, it's better to have people just see our stuff like whether we're making money off it or not people are seeing the simpsons like they're seeing our work and then maybe they see it and they're like hey we should check out we should check out check out this that we're always seeing so it's kind of like that it's like nba is like hey like whatever like if josiah johnson or rob perez or whoever all these big nba twitter guys put out stuff that's fine if we're not making money off it but they're seeing all that stuff they might tune in later you know what I mean I think that and I think the thing that the NFL is catching on to um that the NBA does so well is the offseason the off season, mm-hmm. the NBA or the NBA is killing it you gotta you gotta have Shams and Woj you gotta have their tweet notifications ready because you know Paul George might get traded to the Clippers for six first round picks or whatever it was you know it's like I think that's something that the NFL is starting to do now with you see, like all those, like Tyree Kill, AJ Brown, all these guys get traded on draft night, and like, or like just before the draft, and like, there's a lot of picks, like, like moving now. Like the Rams, like the Rams when they won their draft, it was like, or they won their Super Bowl, it was like, hey, yeah, f them picks, you know, we're not going to use mm, them, we're yeah. trying to win, you know. Like, <laughs> like, I think that's what that's what keeps people so engaged in the NBA is all the offseason and like the roster management trades free agency all this stuff um that i'm not sure how college football can do that um but maybe making the transfer portal a bigger deal but um that i that that to me is why the nba is so like relevant even though the maybe the viewership doesn't compare to the nfl which nothing does i mean no hell you could throw the jags titans on thursday night against the Freaking Celtics and mm. Bucks game seven, Eastern conference finals. And the Jags Titans would outdraw it by like millions. Like, it's just like the NFL is king in that way. But um I think NBA does a better job of just like making year round. I don't know. Interest, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, the NBA does, in my opinion, has this a different issue with regards like, you know, Kevin Durant was saying, Hey, I actually think, us asking for trades is great for the NBA. And now right. some more people talking about it, more people being mm. engaged, more people like trying to figure it out. And, and that part is true, but but you are potentially demonstrably damaging the actual on-court product. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Th- that, you, you have to figure out how to balance that side of it. You know, in college football, is so decentralized, what we're talking about can just never come unless each yeah. conference right. says, hey, we're going to do this thing. Like SEC now is like, hey, we're going to, we're going to push out every single bit of content. We're going to actively engage with every single influencer of X amount. We're going to buy them all blue check marks or whatever. And we're going to push this stuff through. Because um, what you're talking about uh, in, in my mind really hurt. And I'm putting on a much, much different hat here uh, really hurt the WWE is when they super crack down hard on the only people who can tweet out that content is affiliated accounts with this business. Cause I used to follow a bunch of different guys who would like tweet out like Japanese highlights and like you New know, Mexico highlights. They tweet out uh, WWE highlights stuff like that. And then they got cease and desist lost all their Twitter accounts and YouTube channels and everything like that. It's like, well, this was a really cool way to engage in the product without having to engage directly with this part of it. Like it allowed me to pick which door I wanted to walk into, if that makes sense. Instead of being funneled into, Here's the way you have to go, and and there was like a fandom to that. Uh, I mean, Alan, do th- I mean you're, you're you're much more media savvy than, than I am. I I, w- I would argue. Uh, trust me, you get a lot of hearts from me daily uh, as you're tweeting <laughs> out these these beautiful nuggets of knowledge. Uh, uh, is there? I mean, just just from the idea of trying to take something as messy as college football and bend it into like a content calendar delivery system. Uh, I think even Joel Klatt was talking about that. He's like, we have a big problem in college football and it's how recruiting's happened the last 200 years <laughs> or what yeah. you know, it's gotta happen. They have to happen now in the middle of summer. So we, it's like, you no, know what, why? But it's so they can squeeze out every single penny and ounce of blood out of this. Uh, I guess it's the same The same from it, same as like the rules and stuff. Do we even want to see college football to be even more of a 365 media narrative story? I mean, maybe we personally do, vested interest, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it does do you think it's better off having the ebb and flow instead of it being like a 365 league?
2: Well, I mean, the problem here is that college football, you, you, you know, you call it decentralized i mean it's decentralized to the hilt if you think about it so i mean the nfl they all all the franchises have um a reason to you know work in concert to make sure that they're in the nba also uh to you know making make sure that they're scheduling these events you know like the draft the start of free agency uh you know the schedule release which is like give me a break but you know that's that's like they, they try to build that into like a national holiday or what have you all that can happen because all the, the teams have this same goal of making money and building the NFL brand in college. What you end up having is, I mean, you, so you see this, the, the way, the, 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 way that it's worked in the past, what you actually end up seeing is like, it's really a competition for people's yeah. eyeballs among the conferences and, and even among the teams. I mean, you know, there's always like, you know, back, especially during the first round of conference realignment in, two, in the 2010s, which I, I by first, I mean more, you know, not this last one, Uh you turn this deal where like people were competing, you know, turning into like, oh, the SEC is going to hold their media days first. They're the Kings. And then it's like, oh, the ACC is trying to one up them. And, you know, or like, I, I can remember one time Mac Brown, uh, They were having Big 12 media days, and uh, it was OU's day to go. Texas went the first day, OU went the second. And Mac Brown on the second day of Big 12 media days actually flew up to ESPN and did the ESPN car wash. So it was like, what's he? Why you know? It's supposed to be every all the other you know teams in the league, and he's you know trying to you know steal the spotlight while they're while they're out there. You just you wouldn't have that level of coordination because they're all competing against each other. Yeah, that, I mean, like, I I think the only thing I
1: think of is maybe now these conferences, the teams within the conferences after this most recent, recent uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, realignment, how now can look around and say, oh, maybe we should be a little more tight knit. Now, I don't know how well that's actually going to work out, because I still think everyone has a knife to each other's throats. They just don't know it. <laughs> they think they're the smart team with the knife to the other team's throat when, you know, they've got the knife to their throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think now would be the time for all the Big Twelve teams to say, boom, this is us. We're all going to listen. We're going to have our, our you know our our schedule released on a Tuesday randomly, uh mid-February when no one else is doing theirs yet. I mean, it it's it's that, you know, to me it's like that's the time we have rallying crisis like that. You know, potentially Sankey can like tell all the SEC teams, hey, listen up, this is what we're gonna do, we're gonna do this stuff would have to happen on the conference to conference level. And even then, like you said, the teams in conference to conference are usually regional, which means they're usually competing for the same recruits, which means they want to have as many eyeballs on them as nonstop all the time. The only way to do that. And I think, you know, one of the ways the NFL is able to do that is obviously the salary cap and all that type of stuff. It's like, well, you can't just outspend the other teams. We're all in the same, even playing field when it comes to talent acquisition, uh, that's it. Now, if your owner wants to be poor <laughs> and not spend the money, that's different. But like we all have the ability to rise to a certain level if you just evaluate and pay. Um, that That's the different part, and that's a part that should never, ever happen in college football. I mean, it would it, just be a disservice to, to to anyone involved in it, in my opinion. But, man, it just seems it, it seems like it's a strange idea of codifying – college football into a more of a tv product than it already is i mean it's 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 a game whose overall purpose is to serve commercials Mm. (laughs) uh and, and that's really the only reason it exists to a certain degree beyond just the the better empowerment of young adults learning to be team leaders or something as when it first started back in the day um it, it seems kind of just strange on, on that level. And I, I guess that's all I got out of it. Cause now I'm starting to do the thing that Matt was saying where my feet keep running, but the mouth isn't quite catching up <laughs> to it. Uh, so I apologize to the listeners. Uh, and I think the last uh, bit of, uh, Oh no, I did want to say something about that. This idea of these sports being codified into more, more uh, present TV products that leaves us now to where the PAC 12 is. That This is a team, a conference now that, is losing its two biggest, I I, I guess I would argue that UCLA is one of the biggest cash cows, but in its tandem with USC, the largest cash cows of that conference. And now are struggling to find a landing place. I mean, uh, I I don't, don't believe the validity of it, but you know, there's rumors that the Apple plus uh, is the next contender to sign the PAC 12 to, to a TV deal, which is be unbelievably disastrous for, (laughs) for any PAC 12 football team. Uh, I, I know maybe four people in my life who have watched Severance and everyone says how great of a show that is. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, it's just no one's going to get on it. It's just will not happen. I mean, it just, you know, there's not even that many people, not that many people watching Amazon prime, uh, you know, and that's the one that's the big one. Uh, where do we, I mean, Matt, I'll toss this to you. I mean, the PAC 12, I mean, is it just like as much as we just want to like, I don't know, you know, uh, sit and sit and whistle about it. I mean, how how just screwed are they? I mean, now that the Big Twelve already has their thing signed, ACC is kind of locked in for a little while. The Pac twelve, I mean, there just seems to be no bidders for whatever content they're they're trying to deliver.
0: Right. I um, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna take it as, as a disrespect. I'm just gonna ex- assume that you forgot about Ted Lasso on Apple. <laughs> oh, no, so sorry, I forgot know, about you know, Ted Lasso. Forgot about okay, Ted. Okay, all right, so. yeah, no, no disrespect. Yeah. I just wanted to make yeah. sure um believe. No, but, believe me yeah, yeah. Believe, exactly <laughs> um but no i i'm not sure what the pac-12 is going to do because it's it just it just doesn't seem like it's going well it, it's it's not going well and um like I, it almost i almost wonder if like stanford and cal kind of like just wanted to away with football altogether <laughs> like they're just uh-huh. like you know what we're we're already really great universities. We don't really need football. Um, It's cool to have, but we don't really like need it Um, to get people to come to our school. You know, like that's not the main reason people are coming to school here. Um, That, and then I, like, is the big 12 just going to be a super like a, a like 2014 conference or whatever, <laughs> like whatever <laughs> they would be by absorbing most of the pack 12. Like, I don't know. And then like, does the, do Oregon Washington just have like that little of value? Like there's, like to me, I just don't know how that how they aren't getting like picked off as well. I, I don't know or if they just or if they are maybe seeing this as an opportunity to be the spearhead of a conference, uh a dying one at that. Um <laughs> a dying one if they're like, you know what, screw it. We're gonna be the top dogs. Even if this ship is going down, we're still gonna be the top dogs on the ship that went down. Um I I really don't know. I, I, I do not know what's gonna happen. Um All I know is that I will not be watching if they go to Apple. <laughs> to <laughs> Apple like, that's solely for Ted Lasso. And then once that last season drops, then hey, I'm out on Apple TV.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if it if it's like how little viewed or or how we'd want to uh, phrase that Oregon and Washington are. I think or the Oregon and Washington case is that they got hit. I mean, they got red weddings, like, completely. Yeah, mean, absolutely. Yeah. They, they got completely stuck there because, you know, these other, you know, Big 12, uh, not the Big 12, the uh, the Big 10s, like, what would what they be giving out soon? $50 million a, a, a mm. team, something like that? I mean, and eventually it's going to get to, like, the 90. I mean, it's going to get to the point in time to where it's, just like, spending that much money. And if you don't have a contract in place which says, if we add another team, they also get the exact same amount, that means you're spreading money around. And if – so now if you're getting paid 90 million bucks a year from the TV and you look at Oregon and they're like, Hey, we bring in 35. It's like, that's a long way from 90 bud. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry <laughs> but about at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: at the same time, what does Indiana bring? They just lucked out and we're in the company yeah. that got yeah. the money. <laughs> they, they're just totally screwed geographically and time-wise. I mean, uh, that's the that only thing there. Uh, and the bad part is, is that their valuation is probably over, the individual payouts that the big 12 teams are getting would be my assumption. Uh, but not enough for them wanting for them to want to tear up the entire regional connections they have to chase, you know, two extra million dollars from w- what it is they should be valued at, uh, at a quote unquote open market. Just we know it's not an open market because yeah. of the pro rata kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not an insider in this stuff. It just, People just always say it's the networks; they decide. Conferences are told what to do. Networks tell them what to do. And if they can make the academics work, they get made to work. But if you're really digging and scrounging for uh, uh, San Diego State University and SMU to replace University of Southern California, um, you're in a bad place as a league, you know, in in my opinion. Um, and the same thing for the Big Twelve. I mean. BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, uh, 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 UCF are not going to replace Texas, Oklahoma. Hopefully you solidify it via content calendar and and you know, content delivery. Um, and I think last but least, uh, Alan, you, you threw this into the chat, uh, Bill Conley talking about the transfer trends and what we can learn from the 2022 season as a rejection into the 2023 season. Uh I think the biggest thing that uh, from that article on ESPN that Bill put out uh, was basically being able to kind of rate individual position uh, position groups uh, that add to pre, that add to uh, the impact of, of, of uh, returning production. You know, like a quarterback is going to be more highly rated than a linebacker. Uh, is there anything in those numbers that really stick out to you that kind of find that 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 define the uh, these types of situations and transfers you know interesting to you.
2: Oh, you know, the the part about the uh the Zach Kitley Bailey Zappy special, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but Kitley obviously now uh Kitley is the uh, offensive coordinator at uh what Texas Tech, right? And uh Zappy has gone on to the NFL, I believe, with the uh New England Patriots. But essentially what happened is is that they put together this like you know high high flying offense uh on the FCF FCS level and then um kind of did a Lincoln Riley in the sense that Western Kentucky hired hired uh Kitley and they just kind of like brought over three or four different guys uh from that Houston Baptist team it's now Houston Christian uh so they kind of just like portal you know pour, poured it in like a new offense just uh to uh kind of you know take over and the idea is like just didn't wasn't all that successful um you know, for in other in other instances, like uh, he mentions Colorado State here, one thing is that losing a ton of transfers didn't hurt much, uh, which is interesting. You know, I mean, and uh, I guess, to a degree, uh, a good sign for OU <laughs> in the sense that, yeah, um, you know, a lot of times I think, okay, like Bill says, the mass exodus tends to signify one or two things: either a really good team is losing a lot of backups. Which happened to places like Georgia and Alabama, or a team is in disarray starting a new. So, but either way, the transfers help and is is kind of what Bill was saying by opening up, you know, new roster spots for new guys to come in. Um, lastly, uh, you know, kind of playing off the deal with uh, Zappy and Kidley, uh, the mat- off- offensive overhauls didn't work when you tried to bring in a ton of new offensive personnel, but defense did. Uh, which was which was really interesting um, because, you know, I mean, clearly that's where I, I think we can all agree that OU needs more help at the moment um, or worse, and especially last year. And it'd be interesting to look back at how um, Brent Venables used the portal, it, you know, maybe go back and look at that by position and see how it kind of lines up with Bill's conclusions here.
1: That's interesting that, Defensive transfers, you said defensive transfers help more than
2: offensive transfers? Well, yeah, he said, like, I, I think basically what he was saying is like, if you're trying to overhaul one side of the ball through the transfer portal, you know, bring in like six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 guys on one side, that wasn't really working all that well, broadly speaking, on the offensive side of the ball. But it was, it was on defense, you it tended to have a bit more of an impact. That seems really almost
1: counterintuitive because I guess numbers have a way of, of of looking weird. Because I believe I was listening to the cover three podcast in which he was on, they were talking about returning productions, uh, and the uh, basements and ceilings of teams. And you know, he had said returning production on defense is often much more valuable than it is on offense. Uh, and you know they're trying to figure out why that was or something. So it is strange that if you wanted to overhaul, it's better to do it on defense for the transfers. But also, if you want to have a better defense, it's better to have continuity of the defense. So maybe it's just as simple as, keep your defense stocked with as much talented people as possible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it's just, maybe we're trying to, maybe I'm trying to think too much into it other than keep good people around. If you can't get good people in.
2: Mm. Yeah. Something something along those lines, you know, it's kind of, and again, we're still so early in this era transfer portal era. And on top of that, don't forget, there are also the six year seniors that are hanging around. So the, the ones who use the COVID year. So, uh, Keep in mind that these numbers could could get kind of funky down the line.
1: Yeah, it, it's just, yeah, the, the funkiness of it is it, 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 from that point of it. But there's also a, it, man, I, I cannot find a tweet now. But, uh you know, Todd Munkin uh, was talking at his introductory press conference um, for his new gig, basically saying the important things of uh, a great NFL offense or a great offense at any point in time is have a good offensive line, have wide receivers and get open have a quarterback that can make plays <laughs> You know, it's, he's not saying anything about like having certain schematic this or that or uh, anything of that he's like just have guys that you can use and uh and do that stuff with it it seemed borderline i, I don't know like a two-year-old was explaining how to win football games <laughs> it's like just have really good players and you're good to go uh it, that, i mean I, I guess being at georgia for, for that amount of time will kind of spoil on that but uh uh, that's probably where we are on all of it. Mm. Uh, I think I've exhausted uh, the topics that we had kind of agreed upon to to uh, talk about and have fun with today. Uh, did I miss anything, Matt Allen?
2: No, man. I think we're uh, you know time for some OU hoops. Time for some oh the yeah, sadness of OU hoops. Geez. They
1: just lost. Uh,
2: uh was it
1: Coates? Just so uh, stepping away from yeah. the, Cortez. Fijon Fijon Cortez. Cortez. Yeah.
0: stepping away from from the team. Personal issues. Um. NCAA Tournament still dead. That's, uh, it's, they're, still, they're still not in the NCAA Tournament. Nothing uh, nothing new there.
1: It gets um, it would have gotten very interesting if they could have pulled it off versus Texas. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: true. That's true. But, I mean, again, I, I just don't see it. Just don't see it. Um, OU Women's Basketball is up to number 11 in the country, which I thought um, was interesting. They tweeted out that the first time – or that's the highest ranking they've been since like week one of the i want to say like 2013 season so i mean in a decade that's the highest rank they've been in a decade uh jenny bronchick squad is fun to watch man they're very fun to watch um I, I watched one of their game when they played tcu at home uh i went to that game and they're they're absolutely fun to watch man um but yeah, so they'll be in they'll be in the tournament. Hopefully, it goes better than it did last year for them, and they got beat by forty by Notre yeah. Dame. Um, and then softball, everyone's in a panic because they lost a game. Like it's, it's okay, it it yeah. happens. It's you know, even even their team last year, they lost a couple games. It's it's okay. They lost like three games. It's fine. They will be okay.
1: Yeah, they'll recover. We'll yeah, we'll see, man. If anything, we'll I'll hold you to that.
0: <laughs> if anything, Patty Gasso's is like probably maniacally like smiling and yeah. as they lose that game. They're like, "Yes, I get to rip into them and tell them that they're not as good as they think they are, and <laughs> to get to right. motivate them." Yeah, like so, she's probably like kind of smiling about it.
1: Well, I think that brings us to to a close and to a wrap. I, I will say again, thank you uh, everyone who made it this far. We appreciate it, and if you made it this far. It seems like you enjoyed listening to us. So If you want to join the Patreon at patreon.com/through the keyhole for $4 a month. That's like a quarter cup of coffee. You get to hang out with us and get to listen to more of more podcast content that we have uh, available uh, every week, every month. Uh, also, again if you're listening this far, stop by um, Vanessa House. If you go this weekend, you're going to run the mat as he's celebrating the big 30. Uh I'm assuming some sort of themed birthday party. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I don't think I don't think there's a theme. Oh, oh no! Oh, my sadly. girlfriend said it, it might be uh the death of the 20s or something like that. Cool. So death I don't know. of the 20s. Death of the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> death of the 20s. Oh man! But I flipped Celebrate. it. To where I was just like, hey, the 30s is, are basically just the babies of the adults. So I, that's what I think, anyways. I, yeah. I I, I saw a TikTok about it, so I don't know. I'm just running with that with that fact now.
1: Yeah, stay, stays. Yeah, keep that, keep that your personal truth. Right. Uh, <laughs> without anything else, Matt, you know what to do. Get us out of here. Boomer. Sooner.